0: Welcome to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Myr de Marmion. On our program, we explore the ancient, current, and future modalities that are used in sound therapy and vibrational healing. We share information that is vital for a new paradigm of thinking and being to embrace vibration, important for healing illness and disease. And now, here is your host, Myr de Marmion.
1: Welcome, welcome, everyone. Happy Thursday and happy spring equinox, full moon, all that good stuff, Mercury retrograde, all sorts of uh, fun things going on. <laughs> um, I want to share a little bit um, about some things, real quick, before we get into their show today. Uh, I want to mention that next week's show is our last. Spotlight on Asheville, um, and we're going to be featuring Celtic shamanism and the use of drumming in shamanic journeys. And we're going to be talking with Asheville Celtic shamanic practitioner Gail Gulick and shamanic drummers Dean Buckley and Bobby Baranowski. And we'll talk about with Gail about her background and her extensive training in shamanic practice and the groups and the trainings that she leads here in Asheville. And then we'll switch to Dean and um, Bobby and we will do, we'll talk about um, shamanic drumming and the theta wave brain state that it induces and why it helps induce a very deep journey state, et cetera. So be sure and, and tune in next week. And now we're going to move into today, and we have, once again, one of our favorite guests, Randy Masters, who's a harmonic mathematician and researcher, multidisciplined art alchemist, multi-instrumentalist and musician, and designer of sacred geometry and sound products. And today we're going to be talking about the Harmonics of the Divine Feminine in Sound and Sacred Geometry and Creation. Welcome, Randy. Thanks for coming back on the show. This is awesome.
2: Thank you, Mer. Yes, exactly. Good timing.
1: Good I know. Timing Happy. with
2: the uh, equinox, too, and the moon, know, and all that right? good stuff.
1: <laughs> this is so cool. Well, let's just dive right in. So, um... We're kinda I think just going to pick up where we left off on your first interview back in gosh was it was it January? I think it was wow um, so what i re- what I uh, have seen you post recently and that you've said that much of the sound research the physics, and sacred geometry available to people to for information has been from called the male point of view and has omitted the creational force of the divine feminine creatrix that supports creation and restores wholeness. So, in your research, you have pinpointed specific harmonics or frequencies that you equate to the link of the presence of the divine feminine in our universe and the creation of the universe, which you call the night side of nature. Let's talk about that. That's a pretty big subject.
2: <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I got that term, the night side of nature, from a chapter uh, in a book called The Harmonic Orb, Reflections of the Heart, by the late uh, Dr. Edward Gardner. And mm. um, he worked for the National Atmospheric Researches, so he's deep in bona fide science. And wow. he did some very interesting traveling, time traveling, etc., using uh, rare gas orbs, glass orbs with rare gases, and he would go to his laboratory in Peru that was an Atlantean laboratory and bring stuff back. So he was both a mainstream scientist and did these very far-out journeys. And in his Um. book, he, he had a chapter and a whole concept called The Night Side of Nature, which I have expanded on in certain ways. For him, it was adding a fifth element, which is basically the ethers and such, to the four forces that science talks about, strong, weak, electromagnetic, and gravity that you hear throughout the sciences. And that fifth part involves the un- typically unseen by standard science, at least back in the you know, 80s and uh, maybe into the early 90s. But that concept of the night side of nature I borrowed that and expanded on it to include all the areas of the unseen, not just the ether, let's say um, like in sound the key, where I apply it is we have overtones and undertones, and overtones are whole number multiples of some note, but it doesn't matter, some note that we're calling a fundamental or starting point. And you multiply that by any whole numbers and you'll get overtones of that. But if you divide any whole numbers into that frequency, that's how we create the undertones. So they're the mirror image, which is part of the as above, so below, out of uh, all the hermetic laws. So a lot in sound does not talk about the undertones. A lot of sound healers, you know, they're always talking overtones, overtones, and Many times a sound event occurs and people measure the other harmonics that come off something besides the, or let's say a typical sound of a bell or a crystal bowl, there's all these other notes. But some of those are undertones that have been, uh, that are loud enough to be picked up. And there's also a lot of tones that are below our hearing, that are the opposite of the other notes we're hearing. And, and so people have assumed a lot that they aren't there. But they are, they're part of what supports the visible. So I consider that to be nature's demonstration in sound of the as above, so below, but in inverse proportion, if you add that phrase to it to make it really a little more accurate. And then I mm. see that also, like, for instance, with pyramids, where you see the pyramid out on the ground, pointing up in the sky that everybody takes pictures of and visits and sees and all that. But then there's the underground energies and structures that we don't see standing on the ground that is the as below that supports the as above and in some of the pyramids in the world what goes on under the ground is stronger even than what's visible so in a way we use the term invisible but that's only for those who don't have eyes ears and hearts to perceive it It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that it's not there so that's my more expanded um realm of what I mean by that night side of nature.
1: Well, okay. You talk about <laughs> what goes on below the pyramids, like what? Like what? Well, like structures or, or what? There are structures.
2: There are hidden rooms, for instance, lots of them. There are energy devices. Uh, there are energies in the earth that are sort of captured or focused are picked up by the kind of technology that's underground where people don't mm-hmm. fool around with the technology or interfere mm-hmm. with it. And then it's focused up through the pyramids and guided up through the different waves that uh, move through the pyramid and mm-hmm. using different kinds of technologies. So uh, sometimes it's an actual room that you can visit and go way down below. And there's all kinds of things. in some of these pyramids that people, they're like, you know, from the future actually. Mm -hmm. And some from, let's say, an ancient past. And those technologies are so powerful, they have to be protected and guarded. So they're sort of out of sight, out of mind for most people. And that's going on all around the world with what goes on underground. So sometimes what's underground, it's not like they dug a big hole in the ground and and poured some kind of rock-type material and made an upside-down pyramid. But you can put different uh, things underground in such a way that they send out lines of force called vectors that would create more like an invisible pyramid. So some of it's physical and some of it's non-physical, but the energetics of it are there as far as what's below. And that's all part of that night side of nature, the way I see it.
1: Wow. Wow, I'm kind of connecting the dots about some things that I've heard about the Sphinx and how they believe that there are things underneath the Sphinx and they don't go into detail, but probably probably because they don't want people out there digging.
2: (laughs) Well, some of these things are very volatile and and potentially dangerous in the wrong hands. And uh, even potentially dangerous in some of the right hands. I mean, they have to have a tremendous responsibility for this. Right. So they're hidden and protected, and they have force fields uh, that are not penetrated by other types of uh, scouting equipment and people. It's not kind of something you want some a visitor, like to the pyramids, to be wandering around and wandering into one of these fields. Right. So, uh, I mean, I've got lots of examples from my friends and researchers who've been in these places. Hmm. But the, the main point is that sometimes, for our purposes, what's not seen can be even more powerful than what's seen. And that, okay. that's a key point that I would like to make.
1: That's That makes a lot of sense. So you refer to numbers and ratios that are built into sacred sites around the world mm-hmm. and by civilizations that understood the deeper laws of nature, which you were just talking about, such as the... The pyramids, the ancient Egyptians. Um, why why would these cultures encode these ratios in this way? And what, what's well, the purpose?
2: Well, a lot of the, these ratios are discovered uh, throughout the universe from other star systems, from other places besides our solar system and galaxy, where all kinds of intelligent life has come to Earth from. And beamed energy here too, various re- receivers, beings who are open to receiving it one way or another. And the content contains specific numbers and harmonics that the creator of all it is, let's say, um, uses. Oh, a friend of mine is writing a book called G period, O period, D period, Geometry of Divinity. So uh-huh. I, I, I really like that. You know, but I'm seeing them as the creation codes from the and the on the deepest level, and numbers are there. And people, humans, let's say for now, have discovered these numbers, and then when you've got at least two, you've got a ratio, and they're using certain proportions that are prob- that are part of uh, space-time's mathematics that are not made mm. up by humans. Humans can discover it, but it was already there by the creative forces. And the creative Mm -hmm. forces use specific numbers and specific ratios, redundantly so It's part of the uh, harmonic fractals that flow throughout our universe. And you can measure crop circles and find these numbers in the crop circles, which I've done. Mm -hmm. And and measuring sacred sites, for instance. And many, many areas where um, the harmonic language or light language is is expressed in high mathematics and ratios and special numbers. And so these numbers are used, you know, throughout all of Earth's history, and they're in the sacred texts. Sometimes they're disguised. You have to decode them properly, but they're there, and uh, that's a harmonic code. So what I see is kind of getting with the program is learning how to pay attention to that code, discover it, rediscover it, and find out how, in today's world, to apply it responsibly, from the Mm -hmm. wisdoms of the past that aren't just something of the past and only tuned to the past, but some of those are time codes for now to be applied in this present day, both um, rediscovered from the past and also downloaded from the future to give Mm. us type of harmonics to tune to and such, to tune up the world and all the creatures and, and everything that's responsive to this language. I mean, but somebody does yep. not have to like mathematics. Maybe they didn't have fun mathematics in school. They didn't have a feeling toward it. But when you study it this way, that what I'm talking about, it's very alive. It's music. It's, mm-hmm. um, it speaks and it sings, the mathematics that sings. And you can uh, get high working on it. Just. <laughs> what doing. Yeah, seriously. That's so awesome. I've gone all night for years. And how did I get that energy? I was being fed by the work that I was doing, and I didn't have to eat as much, and I could stay up, and I wasn't getting tired. Uh, It was really amazing. So the numbers were a type of nutrition for me because they are used in creation, so they're not a left brain thing. They are a whole brain, a whole being, um, part of the backdrop of creation that humans can discover if they wake up and pay attention. And if you start looking in the right ways, you see these numbers redundantly all over the place. And then I've also uh, associated certain numbers as have the ancients with the various goddess traditions and, and such as well, which is also another part of that night side of nature is the uh, hidden amazing power of the divine feminine, the creatrix. And that's something I've studied a lot and very interested in as part of balancing things in the world to bring that back online when it's safe and when it can be used responsibly. There's probably uh, a good reason that some of it kind of went underground because it was being abused and not used properly. So a lot of uh, special information sort of was uh, veiled for a while until humans could rise to the occasion of using it responsibly.
1: Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it feels like as you talk about this and you say you get high on it, it feels like you're... Even though I'm not very mathematically attuned, it feels like I'm picking up these frequencies from you as you talk, and I understand it on an energetic level, and well, I'm, I'm getting a lot of little ahas. Of
2: <laughs> exactly what you said right there, because if I'm living in it and resonating in it, there's a field effect in our talking. Mm -hmm. Or just tuning to my field, Mm -hmm. even if we weren't talking, I could be transmitting this knowledge in between my words and in the spaces, and we're linking up to the quantum field that I am resonating with. And Mm -hmm. anybody listening to this can pick up on that vibration. They might not write the numbers down, they might not channel them, they might not transcribe or get a download in a written form by listening to what we're talking about. But it is available. To, to do so, as any of us who can wake up and open up those portals, uh, we humans, let's say, as transceivers that receive and transmit, have the ability uh, to just tune in to truth that's in the field, whether or not you use the word channeling. I mean, there's a lot of different terms for it, uh, telepathically tuning in or whatever, but by just tuning to the field and merging and becoming one with the field this knowledge is omnipresent and available to be tuned into and applied and used. And I think this is one of the ways that a number of people around the world get the same invention at the same time. Because it, once it gets activated in the field, it's now available for everybody. And Even if those uh, different individuals have never talked to each other or seen each other's works, uh, the Spirit makes it available. Once it's available to one, it's available to everyone. If they tune
1: in. You know, it's really interesting what you talk about, because in some of the events that we do, we we create a field of specific frequency and intention, and we don't know how we do it. We just do it. And it's part of us, and it just forms.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah, I, I totally powerful. get that. And I consider that also, in a way, part of this night side of nature it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. observed, but it's taking place within the consciousness field, and with strong intentions can often override technologies and circumstances and conditions and many, many things. So I think that is vitally important, that whatever Mm -hmm. is done, uh, the link-up always has a strong intention, and one knows what that intention is.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's further. just being yeah, I mean, it and seeing I, it this and seeing it form.
2: It's very broad in terms of all-encompassing and uh, simply um, the powers derived that may not be seen but once tapped into are enormous.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's what yeah, the that's Divine what Feminine represents to me, all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is going on right now. I read something from this Dr. Pillai, just a couple, P-I-L-L-A-I. You know, he's coming out of the East Indian traditions. So right now, there's these nine nights of the goddess secrets. He says, female power is the most powerful energy, beauty, expansion, fertility, joy, abundance. All of these are qualities of the feminine. It is only available during certain configurations of celestial timing. Yogis eagerly watch for this time to be in harmony with the power of the Mother Goddess. So there's this, we're in this timing window, uh, April 6th through April 14th of Mm.
1: this
2: kind of emanation or increase in that connectiveness to those those energies.
1: And uh, so he has
2: really interesting things to say, and I just thought since that's going on, and boy, here we are in an auspicious timing here with today, this is all in the, uh, it's in the air, so to speak. <laughs>
1: it's in the ether. You would think. Um, you think. <laughs> another, That's another so fascinating. Of the, uh, I love this. this is, I'm getting it. Nice I can, I can feel
2: it. It's in the black light of the divine feminine. And uh, there's a lot, there's a few things written about it that I like. Padma, Aeon, A O and Prakasha wrote a book called The Nine Eyes of Light about the mm-hmm. Egyptian uh, initiations and such. He did a wonderful job, and he has about two to three pages on the black light of the Divine Feminine, and also uh, Kiara Windrider wrote a book called Elahinor, uh which mm-hmm. is Turkish for uh, Divine Light, which has about two or three pages also about the Divine Light. In fact, he gave me a copy of the book, Years ago, when I met him, and I hadn't gotten to that part, and then later I found the book and said, oh, "Where did I get this? You know, wow!" And here it is. It was timing for me. I got it before I realized what he was saying in there. And so, I find this to be really something. And and in Padma's book, he did a fabulous job of describing it, where the black light is the deepest nature of the divine feminine that anyone can tap into that brings Um, people to tears now when he's he's, uh, like black light they might call it dark light but this in no way implies negativities or black magic has nothing to do with that it has all the light in it and it's really dense so mainly it's black and i believe at certain stages in the emanation there can start to be violet around the edges and then that might even show up into indigo and so on but it's associated with the Divine Feminine and I do Randy. the uh, Golden I'm so sorry. Meditation which taps Randy. into bringing up from the earth into your body from the center of the earth the black light of the Divine Feminine and you're breathing that up into your body so that it touches everything between the cells where there's more than there is even in the cells and completely uh, Randy. energizes Randy. the body with the Creatrix.
1: Randy, yeah, I'm really sorry. We have to we have to take a break. Hold that thought. We'll be right back.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you satisfied with your life? Do you know that more should be possible? Listen for the Access Consciousness radio show with the creators of Access, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here. Our program offers pragmatic tools to change things in your life that you haven't been able to change until now. What if all of life could come to you with ease, joy and glory? Tune in to Access Consciousness Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment something beautiful is happening on mondays here each week on the voice america empowerment channel join rachel corpus angel communicator and psychic medium along with her holy team the collective when they'll share messages that guide you heal you and remind you that you are divine rachel loves introducing people to their own angels and now she is here each week to do just that and so much more Catch the show, You Are Divine, every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Myrda Marmion. To find out more about us and the program, please visit creativedivinestudios.com. Divine Now back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back. Uh, we were just ha- we were just having this amazing conversation with Randy Masters, and we were talking on the break. <laughs> so let's delve right back in. Um, can you share real quick what you were talking about—the golden flower meditation?
2: Yeah, so when we were talking, that was not being recorded then, was it?
1: No, it was not.
2: Oh, okay. Well, uh, the basic golden flower meditation, which is from Asia and very ancient, is in your, on your in-breath, you're breathing in gold light, through down through from up in the cosmos down through your crown chakra and the golden light is the divine male of creation the divine male aspect of creation and all the archetype that that is and it goes down through your body touches all the cells and between all of the cells and then goes out your feet and grounds in the core of the earth in the center of the earth and is given as a gift so it goes through you on your in breath in your inhale and is given as a gift to the earth then on your exhale you're bringing up from the core of the earth into the bottom of your feet and up through your body the black light or dark light is both terms of the divine feminine the divine feminine or creatrix so that black light comes through your body touches all the cells and between all the cells goes up through your body out through the crown and is given as a gift to the universe so A gift of of the divine male is given to the earth. A gift of the divine feminine is given through you up to the cosmos. And it's an excellent balancing technique. Uh, And it's wonderful if you can do it when you first wake up for like 20 minutes and really get an incredible wave going. Or before you go to sleep and and you just get that circuit completely lit and going before you go out into your uh, dream and sleep adventures. So I find that. And my students have just loved doing that for for years. And it's about that black light that has all the information in it. It just looks black because it's so dense with light. And there's no negativity. It's not black magic or any of that stuff. It's just dense with light. And kind of think of that like I do a dark green tourmaline. It's so dark, mm-hmm. it looks black, but it's actually a green, for instance. Mm-hmm. But it's just so dense, it completely looks black. And that's different than black tourmaline called Shoral that is just black. This is mm-hmm. a density. So if you can imagine a black light that has all the colors in it, uh, and then the, the golden light is radiating. You have two sides of that equation, like a yin-yang uh, male and female balance. And I find it really great. I have other special frequencies that I use and tuning and tuning forks are also uh, combining with exercises like that.
1: That's really cool. That is really cool. I can so feel that. that. I was feeling uh, that as I nice, was doing it as you were talking.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You would this, probably many listeners might just get the contact high from listening to that. <laughs> I mean, if I well, if I embody it, my and I'm radiating that in my being, Just talking about it is kind of wiggling the field, and people can tuned to that, so to speak, you know, contact eye or, uh, you know, we're going into sympathetic resonance if we want to mm-hmm. with whatever the truth of that is for anyone. And that's available. If I'm speaking it, then I'm radiating it out with my words into the field or, or mm-hmm. uh, vibrating what's already in the field by speaking it. That's how I see that.
1: Hmm.
2: I also used for balancing that I use the pillars from the Temple of Solomon. Uh, the female pillar, the black pillar, is called Boaz, B-O-A-Z uh, in Hebrew, and that translates in gematria, uh, converting the letters into numbers, into the number seventy-nine. Which,
1: for mm-hmm. musicians,
2: that's the note. It's a note E, and it's built on prime number seven twenty-nine. I mean, prime number seventy-nine, and then. The white pillar is the male pillar on the right, and that's called Jachim, J-A-C-H-I-N, and the number is 729. So it's interesting. There's a 7 and a 9 in both, and the male pillar has, is 729, um, which is just a multiple of three, a high multiple of three. And uh, that number is very important to the speed of light, for instance, um, as well. And so those were the numbers for those pillars when one studies the Hebrew Kabbalah. uh, That's where I got that information, Mm -hmm. and not not necessarily the science part behind it. And so I see balancing the male and female pillars with those frequencies. So I make them in tuning forks and other kind of sound tools would possible. Mm-hmm. And those can be placed on the body, or above and below the body, and can be breathed when somebody's playing the notes, or listening to the notes, or you can write the notes. But write those numbers, and think about those numbers, and breathe those numbers, and you'll get an effect, even without the audible, physical sound. Because it's based... I, I've translated them into sound, but actually, that the Kabbalistic number does not mean... That has to be sounded. That's just the translation of Boaz translates numerically uh, from the Kabbalah Gematria into the number 79. But it's not like they used some kind of sound instrument in the ancient days tuned to 79 hertz. But I do that today. I translate everything I can that I study into tuning forks so I can hear the numbers. But you can also write the numbers, you can visualize the numbers and just think the numbers and go into resonance with the field by what that means. And there's a tremendous amount of history backing that up. So it's been anchored mm-hmm. into the thought field what that 79 and Boaz is for the feminine aspect and what the 729 and Joaquin is for the male aspect. And I've used that in workshops and we've had very powerful male-female balancing from doing ceremonies with those as tuning forks and as numbers. So I offer that for any of the listeners who, you know, maybe don't have the tuning forks, I make them and sell them, but, but, but for anybody who wants to just uh, write numbers and think about it as a mantra. Uh, there's a lot of things done using numbers, and I have been studying as many of the numbers of the Divine Feminine as I can find for helping to restore that field through harmonics back here on earth.
1: That's what I'm doing with. Hmm. You know, it's so interesting what you're talking about because just recently, well, for the last year, actually, I've been reading a series of books about that are um, based in Boaz and Jakim. They talk about mm. this a lot. And just recently, I've been delving into the Kabbalah through a friend of mine who does Kabbalah readings and it's it's just really fascinating what's what's coming up around all of this and now here you are talking about this. But what I well, do know... I'm working with
2: Kabbalah um, and wanting to... I consider it that there's missing ingredients to how the Kabbalah is, is taught and what has been documented and available to the public. I personally feel... There is a night side of nature. There, you know, there's ten sephira traditionally plus doth, this kind of void magical area that's not mm-hmm. a sephira. And I have translated all of that into sound uh, using mm. the Kabbalistic numbers for all of that. Uh, for instance, um, you know, kingdom Malkuth is the number 496, so I made a tuning fork to 496. So when you play that tuning fork, it's like a cell phone dialing into the field about Malkuth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on, and I've done all the Kabbalah plus other aspects of that, like light and infinity, Ein Sof, Ein all all of those different aspects as specific numbers that I also see in a three dimensional uh, next level of the Kabbalah, having other sephira besides the ten. And mm-hmm. when uh, I've been doing a lot of work with the sacred geometry of the Tree of Life in three D. And so there's indicating to me uh, much more that has not been brought forward or has been suppressed or wasn't discovered, depending on, you know, how one views that information. That's what I'm doing personally. I mean, I Mm -hmm. feel that I've talked to a number of different people. And so it's like restoring the tree of life to its full information. like awakening the dark matter in the brain that's not been stirred up yet, that scientists call gray matter, and a lot of them don't know what to do or what it's for. Well, I consider that with the Kabbalah, there's a whole lot more in that. And so I study that, and I'm looking at the ancient Egyptian roots of all of that, Mm -hmm. where that came from, and the various types of tree of life, and the geometry, and the harmonics, and the color, and what planets they associate with. There's an entire... Vibratory matrix, and I think it's used right, done right, worked with, that puts you in touch in the field and vibrates with the quantum field. So right now I'm, I'm I'm working on that and doing tunings and things to experiment with. You know what can happen when you use sound to ignite those different aspects of our personal tree of life, which I feel is part of the the major goal of all of that to work with that. Then I'm also using. Other numbers uh, in the divine feminine, uh, for instance um, the number for Mary Magdalene the one fifty three mm-hmm. and doing the pro- part, doing the proportions of the Vesica Pisces, as you know we, you and I have talked about, where the width of a vesica standard Vesica Pisces, which is a radius of one of two uh, equal circles, being one hundred and fifty three units wide, and the height being the square root of three times that, well, the number. That would represent that is the number two sixty five for the height and in the ancient days two sixty five divided by one fifty three was the ratio for the uh square root of three and um they called it the one fifty three so that number is correct of the first five numbers and and that's all you need for modern uh um manufacturing. You go to like a thousandth to a ten thousandth of an inch accuracy. You don't need a ratio any better than that. Okay. And so you have those two numbers working together, and uh, I look at that as also another type of balancing, as seeing the vesica is a big portal. It's actually, you know, it's actually a vagina one, on one level for creation, but uh, also a portal. You'll see different saints and different religions inside the vesica shape, and they're not like in a whale, uh, like Jonah and the whale. Uh, that's a nice story, but it's really inside a, a stargate or a wormhole or some type of portal. And uh, Kuthumi had said, in uh, w- working with Norma Milanovic, I was part of a, a whole pyramid design uh, structure. And I asked him, what does this word of three mean? He says, the balance of yin and yang. And so there's like a magnetic side and an electric side. And so I see then when that field is balanced correctly, there's a very safe, uh, coherent portal that one is inside. And so I use those, those two numbers. But then when you start studying the numbers, especially the 153, in uh, Yeshua's story about teaching the fishermen to fish, fishers of men really to save their souls and bring them into a, a divine alignment, he was teaching the fishermen to fish from the particle field where the fish are created, so they would never run out of fish. And so instead of fishing for them, he taught them to fish, but it wasn't just like throw their nets over the side of a boat. They actually were having to connect with the particle field where the fish were created from, so there was always going to be fish for them. And then that's a specific number, because when you apply, in uh, working with Gematria, the trinity, you cube one, cube five, and cube three. So one cubed is one, five cubed is 125, and three cubed is 27. You add it up, you're back to 153. So 152 fish wouldn't have worked and 154 fish wouldn't have worked. But 153 is one of those numbers that, with the Trinity, is perpetually creating a supply that doesn't run out. So it had to be that number, and they did octaves of that 612 and 1224 fish in the net. So what the net was is the net fabric of space-time. Mm. You know, it's metaphors, a net and the fish, but uh, also the fish is a metaphor for the portal and sort of all the female creative organs as well. So there's a lot of depth to those stories if one gets into the physics and the quantum physics of those stories that Yeshua told. You so know, you to um, we're,
1: gonna, we're coming up on a com- uh, commercial here in just a just a minute or two i want to share though that you that i that i have the three divine feminine tuning forks mm-hmm. that you may, had made for me and i've used them mm-hmm. uh in a group on individuals and the results i don't put them on the body unless i'm specifically shown where it's usually right around in a specific um specific way through the energy field. Um, yeah. And all of the individuals had phenomenal, have a phenomenal experience. And one woman, um, this was like a month ago and she's still emailing me. I have, I am so changed from that, from that experience. It, it was, it's just, it's so amazing. So just so you know, my list of tuning forks that I'll be ordering is growing rapidly here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing that because the point is that, you know, you're, you're tuning in the field and sound mm-hmm. connects mm-hmm. in with the quantum field, you know, and the wave of it all. And the body picks it up, the water in the body picks it up without the tuning fork, even having to touch the body. I mean, you can touch right. on acupuncture points and other zones and points and okay, but you can also just having that moving in the field. There's a field effect that transfers the information and ignites things without the fork even having to touch the body.
1: Exactly, exactly, and it's just so exciting. Um, I, I'm just I, those are I use those on myself every night before I go to sleep, <laughs> and every morning before I do my meditation. And so, um, I just wanted to share that real Well, when you see
2: quick. that vesica, and you're in a portal, you create you create that portal before you go to sleep around your body. or mm-hmm. When you wake up, it's a harmonic metaphor for that portal. And, and with your intent, you, you can ignite that portal geometry around your body by knowing, having some knowledge about this. Mm-hmm. And then when you use the forks, you're literally calling that into place. It's a sonic meditation.
1: Mm-hmm. It's time to take a real quick break, and we'll be right back. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm.
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business and more on demand 24/7. Do you keep past regrets, hurt, pain and disappointment with you for years or even a lifetime after the experiences? Feel free to clear the air and express yourself as a creative, intuitive, and powerful woman. Listen to Heal Past Wounds and Bring Joy Back with host Andrea Lewis. Andrea and her guests will show you that whatever happened in your past, it doesn't have to define you. Get ready to bring joy back into your life. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Our life takes a series of unexpected detours as we move along our journey. We can choose to accept these detours as something negative or we can choose to create a learning experience where we can turn a tragedy or unexpected turn in life into something that can help others. To learn more, tune in to Embrace the Unexpected with host Bernadette Butler. In the program, you'll learn how she and others were able to turn setbacks into positives. Listen live Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. If you've always wanted to take the lead in your life, but you don't believe you are a leader, that it's time to change that mindset leadership expert Linda Patton will help you discover the powerful leader that lives within and teach you the leadership skills that will transform your business and your life stepping into your leadership brings reality to your vision and leadership can be learned find out more on leadership stars every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with de Marmion. To find out more about us and the program, please visit CreativeDivineStudios.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back! Um, oh my gosh, I don't want this show to end. <laughs> we're talking about such cool things. When we broke, we were talking about the tuning forks that I ordered for from you, um, the Divine Feminine, and the Vesic Pisces, and and all of this. Are there other frequencies related to the Divine Feminine that that make like like a whole whole, or are these the ones that you were talking about? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Um, Another one called The Magdalene in translating is 345. That's the number, 345. Mm -hmm. And then um, Mother Mary is 192, which interestingly enough is just a high octave of the number 3, representing the Mm -hmm. Trinity. So you just keep the number 3 brought up Multiplying by two over and over until you get up to 192, which is a G note, a G. Also, the, um, then there's, um, 385, which is Shekinah.
1: Mm. In, the, in the
2: Hebrew Kabbalah, Shekinah translates to the number 385, which is a G note. And interesting that, uh, the 192 of, uh, Mother Mary, an octave higher, would have been 384. You just add one to that. You can see a link up there, which is interesting. Um, Then we have um, all the numbers. Well, the body of ISIS is the number 8, which would allow you to have 80, 800, 8,000, etc., then the active principle of ISIS is the number 18, which was used in the cubits in the building in the le Chateau area and the, and also Chartres Cathedral, an 18-inch cubit, which is how high our chairs are. That's the standard height for chairs. And this is using the standard inches that we have now, not some other ancient measurement of an inch that's different. It's the same, the, the 5,280 feet in the, Mile is actually a megalithic measurement, by the way. Um, so, uh, the no, working with the numbers 18, so that gives you 18, it's, then it gives you 108, like uh, the Mala beads and the uh, mm-hmm. 108 meridians in the body. And then uh, 1080, which would be the r- radius in miles of the moon, our moon, is 1080 mm-hmm. miles. Typically, that's the average. So, there's the 1080. Then we have 1008, uh, which, if it were 1.008, was the older value for the atomic weight of hydrogen, which I still believe is true, even though there's a, a modern measurement. But I, 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 liked, I think the 1.008, and there's a lot of intelligence behind that. And it relates to the 18 ultimate particles in hydrogen that Basant and Ledbetter saw. So there's the mm-hmm. 18 operating in the prime element. There's ISIS, there's active principle in the main element of creation, hydrogen. Uh, then, uh, if you put the moon on top of the Earth, 7,920 miles, and you add 2,160 miles for the di- uh, the diameter of the moon to that, you add it all up and it's, you know, 10,080 miles. So there's the 1008 once again. <laughs> Then you have eight hundred one, which is the dove, and mm-hmm. that's Mary Magdalene's sacred bird, uh, and also the dove is representative of the language of the light. Birds are representative language of the light, and she was often referred to, you know, as the dove. So eight hundred one, mm-hmm. which also means um, omega. Alpha would be the number one. Omega would be the number eight hundred. So there's the 1 and 8 also, in that way, forming an 18. And then if you add 1 plus 800, you get 801, which means, out of Greek, the Alpha and the Omega, also part of the Creatrix. Uh, and there's there's other numbers, you know, that I work with, with all of that. The 360, 270 for, you know, out of a 360 circle, 270. Let's say it was 360 day a year, like the ancient Egyptian year. 270 would be, you know, the gestation period out of that. And, of course, that adds up to a 9. And um, there's many other... Num- 180, you know, for half a circle, for instance, is is also the 18 times the 10. So all that uses of the 1 and 8 is um, all part of this goddess matrix. And you can see these numbers built into you know, sacred sites like you know, in France and Egypt and uh, how the areas of the Magdalen Mysteries have these numbers encoded in them. Uh, Poussin, who designed, it, the painter, painted uh, a painting called The Shepherds of Arcadia, and he laid mm-hmm. out on this cabin floor a grid based on 18-inch cubits, and then he did the painting, and the grid is all full of sacred geometry. Then he did the painting mm-hmm. overlapping that grid, and today you can put the uh, a geometric grid over his painting and you get a incredible amount of information from the geometric decoding of that of that grid so that does that give you an idea
1: <laughs> you know as you're going down the list i could feel very i could see various parts of my body lighting up and getting like little jolts of energy and i'm like oh yeah that that pretty much answers that i would say <laughs> Yeah, and
2: there's more. I mean, there's a whole lot of really, there's many, many other numbers. I'm collecting them and learning, you know, what can we do to ignite these fields, to uh, work with these numbers? Just even saying it has an effect. Because I'm really calling right. this collection of knowledge together and announcing something, and it creates uh, a type of a momentum.
1: Uh,
2: I and think, to me, yeah, I'm feeling that.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you have something planned for that?
2: Yeah, <laughs> always. You do? Oh, well, of course, you know, always. <laughs> I mean, I've, I, I've, I've been experimenting in workshops and getting forks to different people who have a lot of uh, very good attunement. So they give me very good feedback, like you did with the forks that you got. And I'm collecting that and seeing, well, what, what are these doing? What are people finding? What's happening here with these, when they're translated into sound? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a way of balancing this this field. And also helping the males. Like, I mean, I have a class this weekend. There's not one male in it.
1: It's amazing. Um, You know, what's interesting, though, is when I did that one event where I used the tuning forks for the first time, there was one man in the group. And he went into trance for like 15 minutes after I finished using the forks on him. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and it was, was really interesting. In kind of he, he really people, was like, speechless. He couldn't, he couldn't talk about what he experienced. It was really interesting.
2: Well, there's a lot to be done in the world now to correct the imbalances in that male and female uh, energy. The, the male and mm-hmm. female, in each of us as an individual, as an androgynous balanced being, and then amongst males who have the the spacesuit that they have in this life is a male or a female, or any other mixes, whatever, uh, to, to really balance that harmony and to help restore things. and I've been working on it for uh, restoration of water because the water has all these codes, and if we clean up the water, then we have the chance of the water has a big crystal exactly. radiating a coherent field that we could go into sympathetic resonance, but a lot of the water is going into sympathetic resonance with uh, the violence and actions and thoughts and things in the world and pollutions and everything else. So I like to use uh, these tuning forks and sounds and tuning crystals and and various things uh, Mm -hmm. and making music with it, music that's tuned to these frequencies as a way of bringing the field back into uh, an alignment and a type of coherence that then people can go into sympathetic resonance with an aligned field rather than look around and see all the pollution and the things in the world that do not have people feel aligned and they don't feel well in their being because of the, mm-hmm. they're not getting a good reflection back. They're getting a reflection back of the breakdown in the coherence. So part of my plan is, you know, is how do we apply this knowledge, let's say scientifically or in various ways, to... Restore and remember. Remember who we are. Wake that all up. There's quite a lot of very deep things that have been asleep, just like how women can create their own immaculate conception if they want. There's women in Hmm. Ethiopia that they're documenting in a village that are doing this. I have two friends Hmm. that have done it in this life. You know, it doesn't even need the male, which doesn't uh, reduce the male. It's just showing a, a, a much higher power in the feminine than what most people realize. And there's been a lot of mm-hmm. fear of that power, and therefore, out of that fear, trying to control it. And by doing that, it suppresses both the males and the females over time. And this has gone back and forth throughout, throughout history by not um, by having a contest between the sexes, you might say. And um, we must balance that. Then we'll, it'll change the weather and events I personally believe with the right coherency like that, you know, we wouldn't have asteroids strike the earth, it just wouldn't happen because the loving field would would shift things so that would not occur, and there wouldn't right. be the kind of devastating storms that are trying to clean up messes and so on. So we must radiate that huge heart field of a balanced, coherent male-female field. So I started looking deeper into the feminine mysteries about that.
1: Hmm.
2: And there's other, you know, there's other numbers I can use and It will be like, well, how do we use the numbers? Do we use them in things we make? And then we use those numbers in the measurements. We use them in tuning forks. We use them in music. We tune to them. Uh, Put them on our check numbers. (laughs) License plate numbers. (laughs) I mean, uh, right? No, everywhere. You know, just do a number on the field. Uh, A good number. A benevolent number. So everywhere people look, they keep getting a reflection of the higher aspects of ourselves rather than the more uh, fallen aspects that have fallen out of a grace of living according to higher principles.
1: Yeah. That's
2: my thought about that. Um, does that uh, answer your question there? Um,
1: it does. And I'm sad. We're coming up to one minute left in the show. So what do you want people to know? What do they people need to know next about this? I have all these ideas going through my head about what can be done, but, Well, I just want them to remember.
2: And then all the knowing will be taken care of. They just need to remember who they are. And then they can get Mm -hmm. access to things they didn't even know they knew or even thought about. You know, we could do a lot with information and knowledge. But once one wakes up and is in tune with the field and knows that when you need something, that information can come to you. So it's mostly the most important for the wake up. And out of that wake up, people go into a such an attunement that they get the information they need with or without Mm -hmm. books. It just, it's going to occur. It'll come to people. So with that link up, that becoming coherent, going word what I call going vertical, linking up with the highest possible light and, and uh, alignments that one can bring and say, remember, you know, remember to remember.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much, Randy. This has just been awesome. I wish, um, We talked about doing podcasts after this, after the show ends, because um, I think it's important to continue the same this conversation. So I'll definitely be in touch. But thank you so much for for being on the show, and um, really appreciate it. So I think that's our show for today. And uh, stay tuned for next week in our shamanic um, Celtic shamanism show, and we'll we'll. We'll talk to you then.
0: Thank you for tuning into Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with De DeMarmian. We'll be back with another edition next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a good week ahead.